Hello and welcome back to another episode of Relish the Journey. As always, you're hanging out with me, your host, Miles Biggs. And my guest today is Tony Lloyd. Tony had a really impressive career in the Fortune 500 corporate America and then retired early because he was smart and saved his money. And now he's got a bunch of different entrepreneurial ventures, a few podcasts. He helps out where he can and feels like he can make an impact. And he's even got an offer for all of you Relative Journey listeners to get a free copy of his book. He was generous enough to throw that in at the end. So be sure to listen to the end to hear how you can get a copy of Tony's books for free. And this is a really fun conversation. I, I could have talked to Tony for like three hours. We have so much in common, but I kept it nice and succinct here. So I hope you enjoy it. Let's get into it. Tony, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me, man. I'm I'm honored to be here. So let's dive into just you as a person before we get into what you as a person is doing right now. I know you're up to a lot. <laughs> uh, you got a very interesting background. I remember when we had our quick discovery call just to see if we'd be a fit for working together in this way. Have a lot of experience in corporate America. I've done a lot in startups, and it's just interesting. And I know you have done even more since we talked last. So I want you to bring all the listeners up to speed with a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So um, the way that I think about myself is I facilitate the growth of other people, right? That's, that's what I do. And it shows up in a lot of different ways. So, uh, you know, wrote a book. Uh, I was a corporate executive. I run leadership development workshops. I have a couple of podcasts. So it shows up in a lot of different ways, but it's really when it, in the end, it's really about facilitating the growth of others. That, that's what I do. So I had a uh, uh, long, good uh, Fortune 500 uh, career. I ended up as a vice president and I was able to retire from that at age 55. Uh, when I left corporate America, I started my own stuff. I did some consulting work and, and today I, you know, I, I write books, I have podcasts, I have a blog, you know, so same, same kind of stuff that you're doing, you know, coaching, um, consulting, that kind of thing. Yeah, so I think it's funny you use the phrase that you ended up as a vice mm -hmm. president in a Fortune 500, because I yeah. doubt it happens like that. You don't just wake up one day and end up as a VP. Uh, so what's the what was your journey to that, that role like? I'm, I'm sure it's different for everyone, but I've never worked in a... Yeah a true Fortune 500 corporate environment. I've worked for companies, but not one that right. large. So what, what was the ladder like they had to climb? Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, Miles, I uh, I had this, uh, you know, I, I didn't start off, obviously, at the top of the ladder. I mean, I've done everything literally from drive a truck to clean toilets. I mean, I, I was a janitor before I was anything else. So, uh, you know, put myself through college, uh, came out, had a very technical degree, uh, but I, I worked in an area called health physics, which is a fancy way of saying measuring radiation and contamination and setting environmental protection measures. So it's kind of an engineering kind of career. Uh, I did that as a consultant. I worked with the Department of Energy, Department of Defense, commercial nuclear power. Uh, and eventually I moved into training people how to do technical content. So I, I, 
I uh, got my chops in learning and development through teaching technical material. But eventually, you know, um, I continued to work on degrees and I um, became more known in, in how to train people how to train and then how to train leaders in how to change behavior. Because in the end, training was really not about training. Training was about changing behavior. So uh, I was I was helping companies to make the journey from seeing their training departments as a training department to seeing them as a um, human performance improvement department that has lots of options to them. Uh, and I was doing consulting work like that when I was recruited in by John Deere. I was working for them as a consultant and they cre- recruited me in. Um, so I helped them to launch a corporate university. Uh, we grew that to be around the world. It was a revenue neutral operation. So many major corporations, they spend millions of dollars to train their people. Well, we found ways to sell our training material outside of the company to customers, dealers, et cetera, and then to pay for the internal training, which was an interesting business model. Um, SC Johnson spun off a company called Diversity. They recruited me out of John Deere over to them. Uh, I, we sold that company to another company called Sealed Air. And so when, when we sold the company, I was freed up from that position I was picked up by Medtronic. I was their uh, director of global leadership and talent development. Um, and then I worked with uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, who's, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the restaurant chain, yeah. you know, a, bil- a billion dollar company with over a thousand locations at the time. And I was their vice president of organization and team effectiveness. So, um, but honestly, Miles, you know, when I say I ended up somewhere, you know, this is the thing. I, I feel like, all throughout my career, people liked me, they were kind to me, and they helped me to move up to the next level. And so, you know, I, kind of, I, almost, I almost feel like I don't have the right to say, well, look at me and how good I did. And I climbed the corporate ladder. You know, honestly, um, it, it takes a village, right? So it just took a group of people that saw me, recognized me, and helped me up to the next level and I don't think in any of my career moves along the way, I ever applied for a job. It was just that somebody saw me, they go, oh, you're doing this. I know somebody who needs your talent. Let me help you to put you two together. And so through just networking and through you know reputation and doing good work, you know, obviously I had to work hard and do good work and I had to be lucky. Um, but, um, you know, I climbed the corporate ladder and, and so... You know, one of one of the things too, though, about working in these corporations, the higher up you go in the corporation, the bigger the bonuses are. And so, I am a fairly frugal guy. I don't spend a lot of money. Uh, so, my wife and I, we saved a lot of money. And so, by the time I was fifty-five, I went, "Yeah, it's enough." You know, yeah. and uh, and so. So um, I left corporate America, but then I continue to do projects that I really have a passion about. You know, um, we wrote a book a couple of years ago, um, you know, and, and I'm doing these podcasts. And, you know, just today I was working with a nonprofit organization out of California who needed some help. And they just called me up and, you know, we spent a few hours on the phone with them. So, you know, I have a lot of choices. I have a lot of flexibility. And, um, you know, so that's, that's my career. That's my life. 
Yeah, I love that idea of not having to make a formal application because I'm a believer that every time you show up anywhere, you're applying. You know, like people judge you by the work that you do, the way you show up, your attitude, the way you present yourself, you know, how you say hi and greet them, right? How you make them feel. Yeah. All of that's a job yeah. application that just follows you around. And so if you do it right, yeah. like you did, you must have, you don't have to put it down <laughs> on a piece of paper, right? It's just, it, it yeah. precedes you. Yeah, you know, I think um, uh, people pay for value. And so uh, um, one person along the way, uh, as I was applying for a job, well, I was applying. So, so they, they um, asked me to apply for the job and I was going through the interview process. Uh, and he asked me about, you know, so what do you do? And so I had kind of built this little table in my head that said, well, your job description says this, and I have that experience, and job description says this, and I have that experience. And he said, wait a minute, I didn't ask you what my job description said. I asked you what you can do, right? <laughs> and so that's a different question. And so I talked a little bit about, you know, well, if I were working with your company, here's the kind of things that I think could create a lot of value for your company, and it could make a lot of money for you, and that... And so at the end of the conversation, he said, look, when you come to work for us, and it's not a matter of if, when you come to work for us, don't ever be limited by your job description. He said, if you can create value like that, just bring it on. And so I think that really is the key. If, you're, if you are an independent consultant and you're trying to sell something, you have to sell something that has value to your client. If you are a um, you know, if you're if you create a product, that product has to have value to the people who buy it. So it's always really about creating value, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's a definitely a theme I hear talking to people like you on this podcast, right? The people that I find are the most successful, it it pivots at some point from, like you said, talking about yourself, like you don't say, oh, I did this. Um, and it becomes all about somebody else serving others, providing value to others. Yep. And when you yeah. do that and do that authentically, it always ends up finding its way back to you. That's just how the universe works. So, yep, for yep. sure. So, how are you yep. building value for people now? I mean, you're talking about books and podcasts <laughs> and yeah. coaching, consulting. You didn't want to retire yep. and just sit on a beach, I guess, on huh? you. Right. Still like to be yeah. busy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's um, it's interesting. I I have two different podcasts. So, um, you know, last year I actually I had to back up a little bit and say, um, you know, I, I I I'm building a business. But I I took all my sort of unhealthy work habits from my career and I brought them into my personal entrepreneur journey, right? And that, that included those, you know, late nights, burning the candle on both ends, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, you and I had a, a pre-conversation we could kind of go into the details in as much as you want to. Um, but I really, I came at the end of 2018, I came to be kind of to the end of myself. I just was like, you know, I am, I'm burnt out. I'm depressed. I'm sad. I'm tired. I am all the negative emotions, you know, sort of right. balled up into one. And, uh, and so I, I made a decision in 2019 to really focus on self-care. And, um, and, and it was a hard decision for me because I, I, I know that you understand this miles because you, 
you have a business, you're growing your business, you're doing your coaching work, you're doing your stuff. And it's, it almost feels like if you stop pushing the rock uphill, it's going to roll back down on you, right? <laughs> and so I really had this big fear that if I didn't just keep pushing and pushing and pushing on growing my business, growing my client list, growing my number of uh, customers, growing the frequency of visits, et cetera, that I was going to end up with nothing from all the effort that I was putting in. So I still, though, had to come to this point where I said, you know what, you can't pour from an empty vessel. And so in 2019, I went on this really deep and meaningful journey to thriving. And and so what I mean by that is I was taking care of things like you know, my physical health, my emotional health, my intellectual well-being, my spiritual health. Uh, and then I was taking care of things like connecting. So relationships, I was working on my social connections, my marital, connect, my marriage, my uh, role as a parent, as a grandparent now, and then contributing. So my, uh, you know, making some money, my vocation, uh, my financial well-being, and then also my avocation, so hobbies and causes, so giving some time, talent, and treasure to these different causes. So I really had to stop for a while and focus internally. And here's the interesting thing. By doing that, not only did my well-being, my health improve, but also my relationships improved and my business grew. And, and that was the surprising part for me. You know, it was kind of like, well, I'm going to have to sacrifice a year of really, you know, uh, business growth. And I'm going to have to, you know, take a big hit this year because uh, no, it, because uh, here's what I found. And I, I'm sure you found the same thing in your business, Miles. The more you have within yourself to give other people, the more value you can create for them. And so that was really a big breakthrough for me last year. And, and so, you know, um, that's one of the things that I'm able to work with people on now is, first of all, how do you measure, you know, thriving in life? How do you, how do you measure connecting with others? How do you measure uh, contributing to the world? And then what's the gap between where you are and where you want to be? And then how do you make a plan to move the needle from where you are to where you want to be? And I found that a lot of people understood the importance of connections, right? So networking or connecting with other people in order to help grow the business. Um, they understood the concept of contributing, of working, doing a greater contribution. But but the thriving part, the physical well-being, the emotional well-being, the intellectual and the spiritual, it's kind of like those went on the back burner in order to focus on all those other things. But by, through my experience and that now the way that I help people to do a self-assessment and then to coach them and then to help them to move the needle, I have found that that's the secret, that you can't pour from an empty vessel. You have to start with thriving, then connecting, then contributing. Yeah, I love that. And that makes so much sense. And I forget the exact way you phrased it, but to me, what rang in my head, it was reminding me of a conversation I had with somebody recently about impact. And yeah. I really feel like when you when you can make a big impact, that's when you're the most impacted, right? So yeah. that's just what you're making me think of. And I have that conversation with people all the time when it's not even selling something. People don't want to be sold. When you talk about your business growing. So what I think what <laughs> probably happened was people, when they interacted with you, they could feel that you were thriving, right? And then they're like, yeah. What does this guy have? I want a piece of it, right? And then you end up getting more business become because of it. I, I see that sometimes in my business. I 
I'm on the different networking apps and I'm looking with to work with people on a one-on-one coaching basis, right? And some days I'm on, I'm firing on all cylinders. I'm just, I'm on it. And they're just like, yes, sign me up. How much? Take it mm-hmm. all, right? <laughs> you know, the perfect yeah, sales call. Yeah. And then sometimes yeah. I'm just dragging. I'm not thriving and it doesn't yeah. go well. You know, it feels like yeah. I lose the power of the conversation, like all those things. You're not thriving. So I never thought of it that yeah. way. But it's really ringing yeah. true to me. Is I just like a, it's a question you can check yourself because so much of it comes from that self awareness that you have gotten through this year of self care, right? That just yeah. even asking yourself, "Am I thriving right now?" Because we could say yeah. that we're busy or we're successful in one area, but if we're thriving, that means we're doing well in all of them. Is what I heard you yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, just an example of that. One of the things, and I know that you're a, you know, you're a dad, and so you, you know, I mean, sometimes when you're a young dad and you have kids, you know, the the candle gets burned on both ends, whether you want it to or not, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, but one of the things I um, did last year, and this was just a minor adjustment, really, in a way, um, I had this bad habit of like. I would wake up with my brain on fire, right? And I would just leap out of bed. And sometimes it's three o'clock in the morning. Sometimes it's four o'clock in the morning, right? I would just, you know, like ideas would come to me and I would just get up and go work. So one of the things I had to work on last year was sleeping. (laughs) That I didn't really recognize that I was not getting enough sleep. But once I, you know, I got myself a Garmin watch that I could wear to bed and that I can, you know, it measures my uh, sleep patterns or whether I'm having deep sleep or REM sleep or whatever. Uh, But just making that one adjustment to say I'm committing to seven plus hours of sleep and I'm I'm shooting for eight, but I, I won't beat myself up if I get at least seven. Um, and, and to, to get enough sleep, that is just one more way that your battery gets recharged. Your brain becomes clear. I mean, literally what happens at night when you are asleep, the neurons start to fire in syncopation. They begin to fire together. And what they're doing is they are moving the fluids through your brain in order to clean the plaque and get all the old gunk out of there and to clean things up. And if you break that sleep cycle, if you don't go into that deep sleep, if you don't allow your brain to do that, then you just wake up the next day with still all the toxins in your brain and all the stuff that was there the day before. So, you know, that's one tiny example. And you could name hundreds of things that you can do for yourself like that. Um, that can make a huge difference in your ability to be present with a customer or with a family member or with one of your children or whomever, um, you know, but to just the ability to be present and to have reserves to draw from. Yeah, you're so right. And I learned that too. I mean, it seems like our timing, you know, we're kind of decades apart, right? And how old we are, but yeah. had a similar yeah. realization around 2018, 2019, um, where, we said enough was enough and we started to do more work on ourselves. For me, it's right around the same time. And one of the big things yeah. that helped me, because I totally agree about sleep, and it's something that I, I try to do a lot better at. Um, I used to stay up right after I recorded conversations like this, because right now we're talking and it's 9.15 at night where I'm at. And I'd stay mm-hmm. up to like midnight, do all this editing, do all this stuff right while it's fresh. But then I'm going to bed and I'm waking up. I'm not really falling asleep till like one. I'm waking up at five. It's just not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And... I used to, like you said, brain on fire, right? My brain would be on fire. The way I would get my brain to like shut up and I could just quote unquote relax would be drinking after the workday, right? Yeah. Come yeah. home, have a couple of beers, a couple of glasses of wine and then go to bed. But it wasn't really going to bed, you know, like 
for people listening, right? Passing out is not sleeping. <laughs> you don't get <laughs> you don't get those regenerative properties like you're talking about, right? And so yeah. that's yeah. been for me the biggest key is realizing how much time I was wasting drinking. Yeah. Yeah. How it affected my sleep. And now it's been about a year since I've really drank and I sleep more or sometimes I sleep yes, less, but it's actual sleep, right? And yeah. I feel yeah. amazing and I get so much more done. I'm so much more productive. I'm just on it all the time. I'm not, they don't have that groggy feeling. So yeah, I can well, talk for that for a while. Like, all the books I've read yeah. and stuff, when I got curious about it, I just went down that rabbit hole hard <laughs> on like yeah. all the neuro stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And then meditation, what that can do with actually producing yeah. gray matter in your brain. And yeah. there's so much yeah. when you get into that self-care rabbit hole that you can really learn I, and make yourself better. Yeah, I, I really like the, uh, the app Headspace. It's one that I use and, uh, you know, you can do anything from a five minute to an hour long meditation using this app. Uh, and I just love it. So you're right. I think that there's so many little things that you can do because once you are, once you're plugged in and once you're refreshed, you realize just how much you weren't fresh before and how much more you could have done. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, to me, that was a real like, start comparison and so then then it makes you even hooked even more which i think is good right like i don't you don't want to go back to what it was because now you've seen right. how great it can be and then you want to keep making it better and better yeah so what's your favorite part about um working in retirement right you, you worked for <laughs> Fortune 500 now you've got all these side projects with books and coaching consulting and podcasts yeah. why do you do yeah. all those things and what's your yeah. favorite part about it right now yeah, I think part of it is just making a contribution to the world, right? That, um, you know, I mean, I, so don't get me wrong. I mean, a few years ago, my wife and I decided to take a 60-day sabbatical and we went to, you know, Portugal and Spain and we popped up to London for a while and then finished out in uh, in France. And so, you know, we we definitely do unplug completely from time to time and just turn everything off and just go do it, right? Um, but I couldn't do that full time, not, not because it's not enjoyable. It's not because I don't enjoy my wife's company. It's just that I want to make a contribution, right? And, and um, I, I, so here's my philosophy. I think that we are here on earth to connect, first of all. And so that's connecting with one another, that's connecting with a higher power, that's connecting with nature, that we were built to connect. I mean, you know, when our ancestors were growing up on the plains and, you know, the ones that wandered off by themselves, they got eaten. And the ones that stayed with the pack, they didn't, right? Because we were built to be social. Right. And so I think we, we're here to connect and we're here to make a contribution. And what your contribution and my contribution are, they could be completely different. Uh, and, and my contribution in this season of my life is completely different than it was within my own life in a different season, right? So, so to make a contribution. But in order to connect and in order to contribute, we first have to practice self-care. And that is what I call thriving. So that's it to me, thrive, then connect, then contribute. And so that's why I do all these projects. I, I want to continue to contribute. I, I want to continue to make an impact. And that was a good word that you used earlier. Um, you know, a lot of the people I work with, they are uh, purpose-driven business leaders. So we're talking about social entrepreneurs, people who use business models to do social good. Uh, and so that, to me, it, it fills my cup. 
but it's not enough by itself. I also have to fill my own cup. Right? You know, I have to I have to plug the holes in the bucket before I can. If, to mix my metaphors here, I have to plug the holes in the bucket before I can put more in. So, <laughs> right. you know that that's why I do this stuff. I I want to make a difference. And um, you know, when I was uh, when I was young, I had a, a near drowning experience. Uh, I was about 15 years old. I had a near drowning experience, and I tell you, it it helped me immensely because it helped me to understand just what it means to have a very short life. Uh, and, and at the end of every podcast episode, I always say, use this one short, amazing life and go make an impact. And, and that kind of, to me, is the driving thing that's in my brain, that I keep saying that not to just to other people, but I'm saying it to myself, that this is a short life. And as we're seeing right now in the middle of this coronavirus pandemic, you know, it's a very short life for a lot of people. So, you know, I, I think that's why I do it. I, I just, while I'm here on this earth, I want to make the biggest ding in the corner of the universe that I can. Love that. Love that. So in all your your uh, your hobbies, your extracurriculars and your business, right? <laughs> What's the biggest excuse you hear other people making for why they're not doing what you're doing? So I'm assuming um, people bring that to you, right? Because they, they'll come to me and yeah. say, oh, I wish I could do X, Y, and Z like you, but insert excuse. Yeah. What's the one you hear yeah. all the time? I think it's almost always I don't have time, right? Um, and, and I don't have time means this isn't a priority. I mean, really, let's, let's just be honest. Um, but I also think that uh, people, people have this idea in their heads that they have to have a completely baked everything before they give themselves permission to start. And, and to me, I, I think starting is where the magic is. Um, I, you know, I mentioned that I wrote a book a couple of years ago and, you know, I, I interviewed 150 people for the book. I boiled everything that they said to me down to the top 10 lessons that I learned from them. And then the 10th chapter is really kind of the sum summary of all that. But honestly, if I took that entire book, I could throw the whole thing away and I could just write down this message on a little sticky note. And this is the entire book. And it is this, it is miracles find you while you're in motion. Hmm. And what I mean by that is if you're sitting on your sofa and you're sitting on your hands and you're sitting still, it's like you're surrounded by all these little coincidences, you know, these little moments of synchronicity or serendipity or, or chances or, you know, these chance meetings or things. But the, it's like they're surrounding you, but they can't see you because you're not moving. But the, it's the second that you stand up from that sofa and you start moving forward and you start getting into motion that's when you run into those little little choice or little chance things that happen uh, that surprise you sometimes. You know, you happen to meet that one person or you happen to, you know, like you're driving home, you're going, boy, there's a happy hour over here. I should go there. I don't really feel like, well, I'll go there anyway. And you end up meeting your next customer there, right? So these things happen not because you had a perfect plan, but because you were in motion. And I think that to me is the number one thing that I see where people fail. They, they think they have to have the perfect plan. They have to have it all figured out. Um, and what they assume is that it has to come from them. And in the end, the only good idea in business ever was something that came from your customer. Your customer has a need and you're responding to that customer need. And I'm going to have to play that whole section back to myself like five times. There were so many good <laughs> little nuggets of wisdom in there. That was great. 
I really do love that. You know, miracles find you in your emotion because you're right. It, it reminds me of, you know, playing with my son. He's a little over two. And it's a whole idea that if he thinks he closes his eyes and stops moving, I can't see him, right? <laughs> we play yeah. hide and seek yep. and he stands in the middle of the room and st- thinks he's hiding, but he's yeah. standing still. So it is that, right? When you are sitting still, quite literally, you are invisible to the opportunities that may be all around you. You're just too busy, you know, watching TV. So Yeah, yeah. So with everything that you have learned and seen and been a part of in your career, how would you summarize your whole professional journey in three words? <laughs> and I'm gonna oh, well, I'm gonna say you can't use your three because we've probably we've gone through those three uh, of the podcast like three times already. <laughs> so yeah, let's I'll make you think outside the box and pick a new three other than okay. the ones you've been going over. Um, uh, can I have four words? Can fee be one of those words in there? Let's see. So I I, I was really thinking you know um, facilitate the growth of others. You know that's really I think, you know, if I can't say thrive, connect, contribute, right, that's, that's kind of been my thing for the last year. But, but really, in the end, I'm about facilitating the growth of others. And, um, you know, and sometimes that's, a, you know, a, um, a growth in relationships, sometimes that's a growth in their careers, but often it is that personal growth that they go through. And, and often people will come to me and they'll say, you know, hey, I'm having trouble with this business thing. I'm having trouble with this thing over here. But in the end, it comes back to that thing about thriving. And so, you know, I think that that to me is the big sum, the big bow on it all is facilitating the growth of others. Yeah. And I like how you said even personal growth, right? So it's like facilitating personal growth if I had to force that mm-hmm. into three. Mm-hmm. It goes back to your idea of the self-care and making sure you're fulfilled and full so that you can give to others be it in your yeah. personal life or professional. Because I think a lot of people, yeah. they talk about work-life balance as if they're separate things, but really you're one you, yeah. right? No matter <laughs> where you're at. So you have to yeah. be growing prefer- uh, personally in order to grow professionally. Perfect, yes. Love it. So what is the, call it just uh, elevator pitch, right? If, if you're, uh, the elevators are closing, you got to get one last word in. Before we wrap up today, what's, what's the final nugget piece of advice you want to leave people with to remember Tony Lloyd by? Mm. Um, I, I have to repeat it. So we're here on earth to uh, connect with others and to make a contribution to the world. But before you can connect and contribute, you have to practice self-care. So it's thrive, then connect, then contribute. Love it. So where can people find you if they want more of what you have to say? Well, the only, the only weird thing about me is that my last name, well, not the only thing, but the only thing about weird thing about trying to find me is that my last name is spelled with one L. So it's Tony Lloyd. And so people can go to TonyLloyd.com, T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. And, uh, and they can find me there. And then social media, I'm pretty much Tony Lloyd everywhere else. Um, and then, you know, if, uh, if listeners of Relish the Journey want a copy of my book, um, you know, they can feel free to just send me an email um, uh, Tony at Tony Lloyd.com and mention relish the journey and, uh, and I'll send them a free copy. Oh, cool. I appreciate you doing that for them. I'll make sure we talk about that when we share the episode too. So people know to take advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The the book is called crazy good advice, 10 lessons learned from 150 leading social entrepreneurs. And, uh, and it's some good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. So the email again was what it was Tony at Tony Lloyd.com. Right. And just spell Lloyd with one L T O N Y at T-O-N-Y-L-O-Y-D.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time for this interview, and I look forward to sending people your way and having you send books their way. (laughs) Nice trade. (laughs) 
Yeah. Hey, Miles, listen, thanks so much for having me, man. It's an honor to be on with you. All right, that'll do it for another episode of Relish the Journey. As always, thank you all so much for listening. I would thank you one more time if you could go ahead and leave me a review of this podcast wherever you're listening. Subscribe as well so we can help spread the word about Relish the Journey and introduce more people to awesome guests like Mr. Tony Lloyd, who I'm very grateful gave his time to share with us his story today. And how awesome is that book offer, guys? Free book. So go ahead and email Tony and get yourself a copy and start your own personal growth journey. I can guarantee you will not regret it. So until next time, everyone, I hope you all relish your own journeys, and I will talk to you next time. Cheers.